And so what I found as I was going through this process of healing and talking with other women that you go from, it's always gonna hurt like this, to I must have done something to deserve this pain, right? And so that is, yes. And so that is the place where you feel stuck is that you're trying to heal, but then you start to blame yourself. Like that makes me wanna cry, ouch. Yeah. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. Hey, More Than Small Talk friends. Thanks for joining us again. We're doing something fun. We're revisiting Ladies Night Out and the talks that each of us gave. I didn't get to give mine because I was sick, but (laughs) you will get to hear it in a future episode. And we are kicking it off with some of what Jennifer shared about it won't always hurt like this. So tell us, Jennifer, what does that phrase even mean? How did you pick that as something you wanted to share about? When I was thinking about how many of us are sifting and working through trauma, when we're in that place of healing, we feel like it's always going to hurt. Like there's never going to be a break where we feel like those moments or those memories don't sting a little bit. And I think that that's when healing feels so far off as you're like, I'm just always going to feel like this is always going to hurt. And this is my life now. Like, you know, we start thinking about our life before whatever that tragedy, that thing that happened that we can't imagine our lives before that happened. It just becomes so intertwined with our stories and how we do life that it's just like, okay, it's always going to hurt. Yeah. And I I think, Jennifer, for me, you think that things are never going to be normal again. Right. That word normal. Yeah. Whatever normal looked like for you. And so there's a confession question that we'll just kind of launch this topic off with. And it's this, uh, when have you felt like it would always hurt this way? Um, Just for me personally, just talking about that trauma that I was working through, I just thought, well, this is, (laughs) this is how it's always going to be. And that I would always kind of feel those bad memories attached to relationships or circumstances and that, um, that that was just going to be the norm, that it always hurt and that there would be like that distance or that thing where we put up walls to protect ourselves. Right. And so, yeah, for me, it was just a season working through something in a relationship that was just really, really hard. Yeah. I felt like that this time last year, I was going through a really hard situation and I've found myself lately saying like, wow, I feel so different this year Mm -hmm. than I did last year. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something that we don't always realize or talk about, you know, that one of the main signs of healing is apathy toward the thing or person that Mm -hmm. hurt you. And we tend to think of apathy as having a negative connotation, but actually as we heal more, we start to feel less. And so that was an interesting aha for me that The goal of healing wasn't to go from having these negative emotions I was struggling with to having these like super positive ones. 
it was to slowly go from feeling a whole lot of pain Mm -hmm. to being able to redirect my attention to other parts of my life and other people that I love. So I think touch a wound, you feel pain, touch a scar, you feel nothing. Yeah. That's sort of the process that we go through as we heal. Yeah. You know, we've had Richard on, who is my husband. He's a licensed counselor. And one of his main things, in fact, we were talking about this last night, is the word attunement. Yeah. And he said that one of the, as he and I were privately talking last night, said one of the hardest things that we do as we're healing is to give ourselves permission to lean into the pain. Yes. Yeah. That it's actually easier to either ignore it, push it down, but it doesn't go away, you know, it just festers. And he said, is it painful? Yes. These are the kind of conversations Richard yeah, and I no, have. You know? I love it. But it just was like, is it easy to lean into the pain? No. In fact, most people want to immediately like, Absolutely not. Why would I do that? He said, but until you attune your own self yeah. to the pain that you're feeling and the pain that you experienced and you're honest about it, mm. like really healing is harder. It's a longer path to do if you yeah. avoid that step. We always want to fast track it because we think, well, I should be over this by now. And so what I have found as um, I was going through this process of healing and talking with other women that you go from it's always going to hurt like this to I must have done something to deserve this pain. Right. Ouch. And so that is. Ouch. Yes. And so that is the place where you feel stuck is that you're trying to heal, but then you start to blame yourself. Like that makes me want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. And so I think that that's why I wanted to talk about it and why it's been so heavy on my heart is because I just want people to know that what has happened to them doesn't have to be their identity and it's not their fault. Right. You know, that, you know, whatever they're hurting, whatever they're going through, that they did not deserve the trauma or the harm that was done to them, that they are so beloved and so um, important that they're not stuck, you yeah. know, um, and it's not going to always hurt like it is. And I think that where I found peace is that there was a steadiness to find in Jesus, in my stuck places, that I just had to know this part of me is steady. This part of me is rooted deep. And then untangle that whatever happened was my fault too. No, it just happened. Yeah. You know, I had a moment at Ladies Night Out, and I hope that you'll go back and listen. We'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can go back and just listen to the whole conversation. But I had somebody show up that um, I actually knew Years and years ago when I was young. And it's interesting. One of the questions that was asked of her is, can you describe Susie from that time? Can you tell us a story? And it was so funny because she used the words painful three times. She Mm -hmm. was painfully shy, painfully thin, Mm -hmm. you know, and painfully something else. And I remember what it was. But it was interesting because I don't identify with that at all. No. And so later when we were talking, she said, I'm kind of blown away because. I'm listening and watching you up there and I don't even recognize you. Yeah. And, and I told her, I said, you know, I'm sure that there are parts of that painfully thin, painfully shy person Mm -hmm. still in there, but it's been a long time Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) and that's not who I am. It's not who I've been for a long time, you know? 
And so I, I think that for me, if I were to take myself back, that's how I would answer this question, mm-hmm. is there was a time where I thought I would always struggle to open my heart to relationships, that I would always be trying to earn my way in and not be like, I don't even think about that now. Like, it's not who I am. So I think that's important to talk about, too, is that I feel like when we're in the midst of something, we think that this is how it's always going to be for all of our days. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. That's a lie. And that we are always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because I think healing is so much about identity, like you were saying, Jennifer, mm-hmm. that we have to work through what hurt us, but even more, we have to work through what that did to our relationship with ourselves. Yeah. You know, and I think Suze, like you said, the first step is being able to stop resisting our feelings. I remember that being a turning point in my healing journey because I realized I have a cycle. I think many of us do that when we feel something we don't want to, we go into fixing mode. Mm -hmm. So I can fix this relationship. I can fix this situation. I can fix myself. And I realized that for me, fixing was my primary way to delay grief. Yeah. Because if I stopped and said, I can't fix this. Yeah. Then I had to feel the pain of what happened. Sure. And I remember a moment where I was doing a exercise that helped me, you know, embrace my emotions. And for the first time I said, I feel grief and like tears came to my eyes, but I also just had this deep sense of relief. Yeah. And then Jesus meeting me in that place. Yeah. Because also as long as we're trying to fix We're not always allowing him to do his healing work in us. And so I think really that, at least for me, that's step one to say, what do I do to avoid grief? Mm -hmm. Do I fix? Do I escape? Do I overwork? Do I rely on something? You know, what is that? And we all have something Mm -hmm. because we're human. Yeah. And then how do I recognize that and instead allow myself to feel what I need to feel in order to heal? Yeah. And I think that's the beginning. Right. Right. But we're told from a pretty young age, don't cry. Don't say that. Don't, you know, there's a lot of don'ts wrapped around this from a pretty young age that become a integral part of who we are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can just remember the pats and hearing be sweet, you know? And I think that when we're talking about facing our pain and trauma, there's nothing sweet about it, (laughs) you know? And we don't have to be sticky sweet about it. It's like a lot of people, when they've been in a situation where they're mending a relationship and one person has done the harming, it's like, it feels like our job to make them feel better about the pain that we're feeling or people when they're going through cancer treatments or different things like that. And they're comforting their family members while they oh, are 100% struggling with, with um, 100%. cancer, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think that it's really, really important to know that when it comes to our trauma and our pain, that it's okay if it needs to be all about us mm-hmm. and our journey and how long we need to take, because it's really not up to us. Um, like if we numb out, then we're going to delay it, but it's going to take a long time and we have to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. And, and 
You know, it's so interesting because the very first time I went through breast cancer, I was only 31, had three babies. You know, Richard and I had been married for 12 years at that time. And my whole world had turned upside down because it was advanced. It was an advanced stage. And I do remember spending a lot of time making other people feel better about my diagnosis. Yeah. And, and it wasn't that they didn't love me. It wasn't that. I just didn't know what to do. And so the second time I went through it, I was so much more equipped because if we started to go down that path, I could just say something like, you know what? It is hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for you. It's hard for the people I love. And um, here's some ways that that we can together, (laughs) you know. But I didn't, I didn't spend time trying to make them feel better about my diet. I, it was okay to say, this is sucky and I wish it hadn't happened, but it is. And this is what we're going through. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I was able to share my needs, but I also didn't entertain that for a long time, which I would have. Yes. You know, and and in my heart, I'm thinking they love me. They're Mm -hmm. well-meaning. And and the second time they love me, they're well-meaning. That this is not healthy. Yeah. So let's let's go at it a different way. Yeah. I think there's a continuum from self-absorbed to self-abandoning. Yeah. And then in the middle is self-advocating. Yeah. And I think that's a healthy place when we're healing is to be able to say, here's what I need, you know, to be engaged with other people, to be able to advocate for ourselves. And so I yeah. I think that managing the relational part of it is a big thing too. Mm-hmm. It is. And then I think we don't talk enough about how, how healing doesn't just happen. Healing is hard emotional work. Yes. You know, and we have to choose to say, what happened to me is not my responsibility. Yeah. Someone did this to me. Mm-hmm. But what I do from here is yes. absolutely yes. my responsibility. Yes. And yeah. that is not a burden. It is empowerment. Yeah. I found that the more I said, you know what, I couldn't control what happened. It was not my fault, but I get to decide the long-term impact. I have to endure the short-term pain, but you bet I'm coming out on the other side of this Mm. stronger than ever Yeah, and making this a gain. And there were days when, of course, that was hard for me to say when I didn't feel that, when I just needed to cry (laughs) instead or take Mm. a nap. But here from the other side of it, I can say like, That was the most empowering thing for me is getting to say, I get to choose to do my emotional work. Yeah. So for me, that meant like sharing with a close circle of people that included. Yes. Y'all. Yeah. It meant going to counseling every single week for about a year. It meant reading every book I could get my hands on about Mm -hmm. healing. It meant a lot of journaling through things so that I didn't let myself avoid feelings. Um, it meant working my body really hard, surprisingly. Uh, physical exercise was really important for me. I yeah. also did the opposite of that, which was like breathing and mindfulness and meditation because your nervous system needs both ends of the continuum. And, you know, I say all that and I know there are people who are listening and thinking, I'm so exhausted that I can't yeah. do any mm. of that. And where I started with all that was micro goals. (laughs) I made a list of things that I felt like I could do. And they were things like go outside for one minute, read one page of a book, pray for 30 seconds. Like they were as small as I could possibly think of. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did for the first few months was teeny tiny things. 
But it was like going to physical therapy after an injury. If you can just say, what is one small thing I can do today? Yeah. Then over time, that naturally builds. Yeah. But I think our culture tells us time heals all wounds, and it does not. Mm-mm. We, in partnership with Jesus and people who are for us, yeah. heal all wounds. Yes. That is the promise that we have. Yeah. And so I just wanted to say that because it was such a big part of my healing yeah. journey mm-hmm. last year. Well, I love that so, you yeah. talk about safe people because, you know, even as I was sharing this just a second ago, I had people that were loving me well Mm -hmm. and who just didn't know what to say. And the thing is, my whole, the people I was trying to keep safe was three little kids. Yeah. (laughs) I had three littles that were walking through that with me who who were deeply afraid and didn't have any answers or know what was going on. And so did I have the capacity to then turn around after keeping them safe and keep the rest of the people around me safe too? I didn't. Mm -hmm. But what I learned is that it was good for me to have people around me that I could be safe with Mm -hmm. and say something like, guys, I'm so sick of talking about cancer. Mm -hmm. Could we just laugh? Like, could we just do something that's silly and goofy and and I had one person, she showed up to chemotherapy with me <laughs> almost weekly. And I really love it because she would come in with the with these goofy games and, you know, silliness and things. And I'm sitting there with, you know, I'm, I'm having chemo toxing through my veins and she and I are doing something goofy. And I'm mm-hmm. over there laying with my head back, just bawling. I'm laughing so mm-hmm. hard. And, and it, she was a safe person that heard me say. I am sick to death of talking about cancer 24-7. I want to be Susie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we need those people. But again, that's intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And many adventures. I've talked about that a lot mm-hmm. on the podcast that came out of my healing journey. Uh-huh. I decided I needed to have many adventures in the middle. I needed light moments in a heavy season. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is part of healing too. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're Jennifer, because this is something you talked about. And how do we, if somebody's right now, they're like, man, I can't see anything but mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. I feel it. It's my life. Yeah. It's my reality. What are practical things, even if they're baby steps that we can do in those seasons? For me, it was finding core truth, like knowing um, and and just even saying it to myself, just saying like the Holy Spirit will always be more powerful than what tried to break me. And so before I was like, whatever tried to whatever broke you, I'm like that tried to break me, you know, like the Holy spirit is bigger and more powerful than this. And in those moments where you feel like it's always going to be like this, I think when we think about it and obsess like, um, about it, it's awful, but we really do have to first lean into the pain and identify it and face it instead of run from it because we can't conquer what we won't confront. So I think saying it out loud, um, talking to people about it, being very, very honest, um, but just have a game plan for working through your um, your trauma with a counselor, just something to where you're making one step forward. But first, feel everything, you know, feel everything, lean into it, don't run from it. Um, and know that it, you're not always going to be stuck. Um, I want to share a passage um, 
with you that brought me so much peace, and I still lean on this so much. And it's in Isaiah 33, 6, and it says, He is your constant source of stability. He abundantly provides safety and great wisdom. He gives all of this to those who fear Him. And I just know that the first thing that we do when we feel stuck in our our story or whatever is that we can't be silent about it. We have to voice it. We have to verbalize it and um, tell our, our painful stories in safe places because that's the beginning of healing. Yeah. What about you, Holly? Yeah. You mentioned a lot of practical. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You did. Yes. And I've been putting together a course called Heal After Your Hurt that will probably be out by the time this airs, but it will walk people through a lot of those things. So you can find it on my site. At hollygirth.com. Hollygirth.com. <laughs> yeah. I think that just choose starting with choosing one thing today yeah. and one safe person to walk with you. And one yeah. truth that you'll cling to is a starting place. Yeah. And then just don't lose touch with your inner warrior. <laughs> yeah. You know, because at the end of this year, Kara, our producer, gave me a bracelet that had the word warrior on it. And it was a set and one had a little boxing glove, you yeah. know. And I think I disconnected from that part of me for a mm. while, but she was always still there and I've absolutely reconnected with her. And so I think that knowing that you are stronger than it feels like you are today and it's okay to have weak moments, know you are loved more than you can even imagine and know that God has a new story for you beyond this, yeah. that he's already writing, that he's already preparing the way for, yeah. and that your voice is not a whisper, it's a roar, yeah. and that you can use your healing to help other people heal too. Like that's a place where I finally am. I'm like, if it is up to me, I'm never letting anyone else feel as disoriented and lost and overwhelmed as I did. I'm taking everything I gain from this and I'm going to give it to as many people as I can. And I think that's when we come full circle. You know, it says God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Yeah. So don't quit until you are healed to the place where you can become a healer. Yeah. Because that is redemption. Yeah. That is the other side of it. And that is worth the pain. Yeah. That is worth the work because it's not just about us. And when it feels like it's always going to be this way, it feels like it's about us and that's okay. But it's not. Our pain is a part of a bigger story of redemption that God has been writing since the beginning of time and that he's going to write for all eternity until he makes things right forever. Yeah. And when we do our work, we join him in that holy healing work. Yeah. And that is one of the most powerful things I've ever experienced. That's awesome. And, you know, listening to you, Holly, I remember when I was going through chemotherapy for the first time, I remember sitting down in that chair and I was terrified. And I had three little ones at home. I had Richard beside me and I had a nurse. Her name is Diane. I don't know where Diane is. I don't know anything about her, but I still remember her name because she knelt down in front of me. And she put both hands on my knees and she said, my name is Diane. I'm a breast cancer survivor of 30 years and I'm going to walk through this with you. Yeah, that's it. That's, and so for me, practical, 
I, is to be on the other side of what you're saying, to say that there are people who have walked through this and they are now okay. Mm-hmm. And so I am going to put myself in a place where I can hear their voice right now when I can't hear anything else and when I can't see anything else. But I still yet can, can here we are, all these decades later, and I remember her name, I remember her face, I remember the feel of her hands on my knees, and I remember as I went to put in that needle to start it, me thinking, and there's Diane, and she's okay, so yeah. I'm going to be okay too. Mm-hmm. And so that is powerful. Put someone in your life, in your face, who has walked through it and who are okay, and they don't need to give you advice. You just need to be able to look into their face and say, they're okay, I'm going to be okay too. It's really powerful. And fight for your own healing because you're fighting for the healing of others too. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.